really hard to serve while we're sitting on the couch. So we need to get up and be a part of what God is doing in the global church. Uh, we have an audience in Poland, we have an audience in Germany, we have an audience in Austria nowadays. And so I pray that you would get up and be a part of your local church, whatever you may be. Start serving the Lord, Lord God, wherever you are. Maybe we the Christians are connected by the Holy Spirit throughout the world. It doesn't matter if you're in Poland. It doesn't matter if you're in Austria or Germany or in Australia or even in Poland. What matters is the Holy Spirit connects us all. We all have a similar mission. We all have the same master, the same Lord. And deep down inside, we all have the same job to do. Acts chapter 9, we're going to take a look tonight at names. Names, we're going to take a look at Christians. How do we get the name Christian? Where did that come from? We're going to learn a little bit about that, and we're going to apply that a little bit to our New Year's life. Because each name brought with it some persecution, some trials, and some tribulation. And we can learn a little bit about how our brothers and sisters in the past responded. Maybe that will help us in the year 2024 get back to work. So what's in a name? What's in a name anyway? People always live up to their name, or obviously not. Uh, in Jewish lives, they would name their children uh, names that honor God or names that something to do with God, like the Scripture Jesus. His name means salvation of the Lord. Hebrew is not Jesus, it would be Yeshua, which means salvation of the Lord. We have other prophets throughout the Hebrew Bible who lived up to their name. This is Yahud, who you know is Isaiah, meaning also salvation is from the Lord. And he prophesied about the coming Messiah. Jeremiah, whose name would be Jeremiah Yahud, meaning the Lord throws or the Lord hurls, or sometimes, depending on your Hebrew scholar, meaning struggling with the Lord. And so, either way, he lives up to that because he takes his faith if you're a Jeremiah prophet, really, and he stands up and he says, Israel, this is right from you, and he throws it from his lips with that. It's a very powerful picture in the prophecy of Jeremiah. His heart is broken for his people. And there's a reason why we call him the weeping prophet. You know, you cannot read Jeremiah without bawling with him, without crying with him. Jonah, the dove of Yahweh, Malachi, my messenger, all these prophets live up to their name. But nowadays, when we name somebody, we name them usually after family, or we name them because of a particular name we like, we, we, we fell in love with. It is trendy nowadays to name your kids after something you saw on a Hollywood big screen. It is, and, and they're not putting that down at all. But that's trendy, that's what we do. And there are some marvelous names out there of, of things that we see on the movie screens or television screens. Uh, while working in the competition with the school district, I had a young teacher uh, in, the, in our department, and she became pregnant for the first time, and she had already picked out her little girl's name when she found out what the kid's, uh, what her gender was going to be. And she named her little girl Willow. So I went up to her and said, did you ever watch the movie Willow? She said, no, what was that? I said, well, it's about this little short guy who wins and things like that. Uh, and she said, no, I never heard of that. She said, but every time I go shopping at all these, all the brands name are Willow, and I just fell in love with that. So she named her kid Willow, which is like a paper bird, paper towels and paper plates and things like that. It's a group called Willow. So she named the baby after that, and I thought that was very interesting. And so you'll find that kids nowadays are named a lot of times after experiences that mom and dad had, or after something that just touched them. While I pastored in Lampasas, I had a family who had a child named Dark Canyon. And so 
that you may know that of man out of the three Peters. So it's interesting to say that. So what's in the name? Do people always look up to the name? Absolutely, positively not. I'll tell you right now, I'm named after the Joshua of the Bible. Joshua also fought the Battle of Jericho, and I have failed to live up to that name. What about noble names? Noble names that are out there. Richard, right? Rex. These names all have these royal meanings. Elizabeth, things of that nature. We, we often live up to those names. What about famous names? We have people named John Wayne. While working in the prison system, I had an inmate named Lucifer, if you will. Not a, not a nickname. Actual name is Lucifer. And so, uh, we have these famous names. We always live up to them. What about our family names? Do we live up to our family names? Uh, my surname is Morrison. My family came from, uh, some of you may know my family's history. My, my father's uh, parents fled Nazi Germany and fled the Holocaust, and his grandparents were killed there. Etc. Etc. But they met Mary, a Scottish Jew by the name of Morrison, and so we also have Scottish Jews as well. One of these days, I want to go to Scotland and get a kilt. No, I will not wear it. Praise God. Uh, do we also live up to our family names? No, we don't. So what goes through your mind though when you hear certain names? Apologize for the typo in the word here. There. So if you were to put your name right there, what would go through that? would have put your name there, your, your surname and your family name, and perhaps some of us have middle names that were named after someone in our family. Do you feel like you live up to that name? Some of us would say yes. Some of us would say no. Let's take a look at the next slide here. Wednesday, we look at Acts 9, verses 1 and 2, and let's find out what Christians were first called, and let's find out if they live up to that name, and let's find out if we still live up to that name. Look at here in verses 1 and 2 of Acts chapter 9. Then Shaul of Saul, Shaul is how you say his name in Hebrew, still breathing breath and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. He asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of, help me out now, the way. I want to underline that for you. Any of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So the very first name that was given to Christians were people of the way. What do you think it came from? What do you think it came from? I personally think it came from Jesus' very powerful explanation of I am the way, truth, and life. I believe that's how Christians look at that. We're going to live in the way of worshiping God. In fact, we see that in the book of Acts later on. It's saying this is how we worship God. And some of the Jews are saying, well, they're worshiping God another way. And so they start referring to themselves as the way. And of course, we have the Apostle Paul, who is Shaul, Saul of Tarsus at this time, and he was saying to the chief rabbi, chief leaders in synagogues, I need to go get these people who are of the way. So, if you were to describe yourself now, you're 24, I follow the way. Do you think you'd live up to that? Do you think you'd live up to that? You've got to decide to take all of us I don't always live up to the name. I fall short, of course, we all do. And thank God that we all do. Thank God that the Apostle Paul writes about it in his writings. He says, Inside me there were fears, outside there was trembling. I'm not quite living up to what he says I can do. And I know he is the way. And the world began looking at Christians as the strength. Why 
do you think the world sort of labeling Christians away? Because they had something that they were missing. They had something called a relationship. In fact, I believe Christians still exhibit that today. I believe we still show that today. And I think somewhere down the line, we're supposed to amplify that. Show it like a bright light. He is the way. Jesus is the way. He's the only way unto the Father. So the way, if you look at it, implies a new, a different lifestyle for choice. Christians had a brand new lifestyle. They had a whole different way. They were no longer concerned. And we're talking about Jewish Christians. They were no longer concerned with ritual hand washing. They were no longer concerned with whether or not their clothing was 100% cotton. They were no longer concerned with whether or not a food was sacrificed to an idol because they began to realize this body is dead. This body will not inherit. However, the name didn't quite fit with Because the name, the way, also implies that it's some kind of lifestyle. That it's some kind of life choice. Now think about it like this. Now, some of you know that I've struggled with my weight for 30 years. I am not embarrassed to talk about it. I pray about it. I ask God about it. I'm embarrassed about it. I'm sensitive about it. I'm going to get my goat coming back today. True? That hurts my feelings. Here's the deal, though. There's 100,000 diets out there. There's even a diet called the way. Did you know that? Some of you know what I'm talking about. The way. Really, what it is. So much more than a life choice change. So a name like the way just can't fit. It just can't label all that Christianity has for us. It's not just a way. It's not just a philosophy. It's not just some sort of new learned theory. Another name later on. If you'll jump in the book of Acts, Acts 24, take a look at verse 5, we'll find another name that Christians are given. Remember, they're first called in Acts chapter 9 by the Apostle Paul, who is called in Acts chapter 9, people who are of the way. And remember his beef, his problem is that they're worshiping God in a way that he considers sacrilegious. He considers their way. He considers their way to be something blasphemous. Why? Because they're not washing hands. Because they're not living a kosher life. Or because it doesn't bring their tradition on the flesh. Either way, the more they investigated it, they realized the way doesn't quite sum up what Christianity is. If you were to look at some of the cultures that have been in the world today, or out through the last couple of years, how many of you think you can name off the top of your head? Anybody remember the Branch of Union? Could you call them Christians? Why? Well, number one, they didn't worship Jesus Christ, but they had a way of doing things. They had a method of doing things. Let's go a little past the Branch of Union. Let's go all the way back into Charles Manson's days. And you could say they had a way of doing things. Method, that method brought them to their goal. You 
Christianity, real Christianity, is by far more than a method. By far more than a way. By far more than a philosophy. And it didn't quite stick. And we're going to keep looking here in Acts 24. Look at here, verse 5. The Bible says, For we have found this man a slave, a creator of religion. Now this here is Paul that they're talking about now. Paul is now preaching, Paul is now teaching that Jesus is more than a way. He's teaching that Jesus Christ is resurrected, He's alive, and He's also teaching that you, as an individual, can have a relationship with God through His Son. Seems pretty far out, doesn't it? I watched a movie last night called The Jesus Revolution. Anybody seen that yet? Nobody? No, not a bad show. Jesus Revolution is one of those new movies that came out, and I watch them on occasion because I want to make sure what's coming out I can recommend. Uh, and I recommend it's a good movie. It's not really spiritual, though. It's going to try to tell you it's spiritual. It's not really spiritual. It's not. You're there looking for biblical exposition or good preaching. No, that's not what it's about. It's the story of how this group came together and what they overcame to stay and still there today by the Christian fellowship. So you know this is about them. Their early stages, their early struggles. It's a neat story about their early beginnings. Their differences, their arguments, and things like that. They're interested in truth, though, for a little bit. This is their story, but it's not a Christian, not a super Christian story. If you're looking for something that's going to lead some to Christ, that's not enough. But we watched it a little bit, and I watched a particular movement. They were calling it the Jesus Movement. They called it the Jesus Revolution. In fact, Time Magazine wrote an article about it. That's really what the movie was all about. It was about how it started moving, how it started coming together, how the church who wouldn't let these people in, out of a sudden said, let these people in, and they brought the changes, they brought the differences, and they somehow kept Jesus the same. And the next thing you know, another church, a church without walls, a church without shoes, a group, and it died, and it fell apart, and but in the long run, they were able to come to a peaceful resolution with their differences and Christian fellowship for their lives. Powerful movement, it really was. How old tradition accepted new tradition without changing their beliefs. Can I ask you a question, Christian? Perhaps you're online. Let me ask you this question. Can you present Jesus? differently than what we've done for the last hundred years? Can you say no? When I was a young Christian, my first pastor, he was pastor of the church, he used to tell me all the time, it doesn't matter what glass you serve the water of life in, it matters that you serve the water of life. It can be red, it can be blue, it can be green, it can be yellow, it can be pink. I've learned something else in my ministry, though. I don't think pastor was wrong. He had come out of those movements himself. He didn't know the danger of making too many changes. Because when the water kicks in and down, what happens? It's kind of like watering down your penicillin. It's not going to work for you anymore. It's not going to work for you. Here's my point. If you can offer Jesus to a hundred different things, sporting events, youth camps, Fellowship of Christian athletes, etc., 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 etc. You can offer them in a hundred different fashions. You never change. 
they brought inside of the church a whole new way of thought, a whole new way of bringing, and it changed the old pastor's way. And he was going, I mean, he was a struggle. He really was a movie about. He struggled. Can I let this happen? And still, he Can I let this happen and still be what God has called me to be? And one day we need to do that. And it's an again. Because it's not just a way, it's a relationship. And now we have a picture of the Apostle Paul who is turning the world upside down. And this is the description that the Jews are giving of one. We found, this is verse 20, uh, chapter 24, verse 1. We found this man a plague, a creator of dissension among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the So he moved from way to the Nazareth. In fact, there's a church today called the Church of the Nazareth. Some people say they didn't get to start there. No. <laughs> they just took the name later on. It just sounded good. The Nazarene sect. The Apostle Paul was that Someone who teaches heretical ways. He's the leader of a sect called Nazareth. Why do they call him Nazareth? Number one, Jesus was from Nazareth. They knew this. They knew this. In fact, the more they learned about Jesus, the more they realized about the type that they were expecting. They wanted a, a priestly Messiah, they wanted a kingly Messiah, they wanted a military Messiah. Yourself that today? I hope you can. Of course, we're following Jesus the Nazarene. We have some songs about that. Y'all know that song? Jesus the Nazarene. Come on now, just a moment. That's right. That's one of the major things. Jesus the Nazarene. There's more to us than being no followers of Jesus. Because we're just followers. That means that when the ringleader's gone, we'll fall away. Just falls apart. So that name just wouldn't fit into the introduction. Nazarene sect implies that we were still Jewish, implies that we were connected to Judaism, and implies that it's a new rabbi with a new following fighting the same old battles. In fact, if you know anything about Judaism, they're still fighting the same old battles today. What are the same old battles? How can I stay clean? And you know what? You want to know how you stay clean as a Christian? The blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's nothing else. Let's take a look at the next one. I am almost out of time. Actually, I am over out of time. But let's take a look at that next one. The name could fit because there's something different. We're not just followers. Paul wasn't just a follower. Paul was willing to die for this. In fact, every Christian who ever met Jesus Christ was willing to die for him. I think it's amazing that every one of those apostles were martyred. Every one. There is no hopes in the world that those, those people will die for. 
man couldn't speak because of some condition. It wasn't that they were just willing to die. It wasn't that they believed with all their heart. There was something else, though. Something different in those quote-unquote casualties. And let's take a look at that. Acts 11, 25 to 26. Let's take a look at the third man right here. Verse 25 tells us, Then Barnabas departed from Tarsus to see Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And let me tell you what that means. That means that they fed the Christians, they edified the Christians, they encouraged the Christians, they evangelized with the Christians, and they watched lost people get saved. And those lost people were experiencing what Paul was experiencing, what Barnabas was experiencing, what the other Christians were experiencing. They were finding themselves in a relationship, not a religion, not a way, not a reset, not a philosophy. Great unity and disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. That's what it's just called Christians. Me, right now, you stand up and say, you look at my life, you say, that guy is a Christian. That down is a Christian. They said there in Antioch, that's actually the year 2024 resolution. That person is a Christian. Somebody once said, he wants to be arrested today to be charged. But being a Christian is enough evidence to convict him. Hope so. Let's try to Christians, Christians are more than just followers. Christians are more than just lean people. Christians are more than just philosophy studying. Of course we're followers of Christ. But more than that, we're believers. More than that, we're disciples. You want to know what a disciple is? You want to know what a disciple is? Let me give you a wonderful definition of a disciple. You won't find this in your commentaries. You won't find this in your dictionary. Let's say what a disciple is. A disciple is somebody who falls in love with the person they're learning from and does everything they can to mimic what they do. That's what a Christian does. I want to live like Jesus. I want to talk like Jesus. I want to preach like Jesus. I want to walk like Jesus. I want to be what Jesus was. I want to do what Jesus did. And I want to have the result. A disciple. Disciple is willing to go whatever his master says. Are you a disciple? If you're not, you can't really say you're a Christian. You might say, hey, I'm a Nazarene. You might say, hey, I'm in the way. Find out what Christian is. This is the Greek word. Christiano. Literally means a Christian. In seminary days, we debated. We debated on should we be called Christians. And one guy who stood up and said, Don't call me a Christian, call me a follower of Christ. I got speaking to you. I said, I'll call you a moron, but you know, that was just between me. That's not, I'm not kidding. That's what I was thinking. I had to repent now. He was one of those guys that nothing could be right. Nothing could ever, ever be right. Where is he today? Can I see in a bigger church than I do? <laughs> Christiano. Transliterated means Christian. Take a look at the next slide. It means someone who belongs to 
do you belong to? The name still there today. I'm still called Christian, but we belong to Jesus. Historically, the church has faced persecution. The church has faced annihilation. The church has been threatened. It's been killed. It's been beheaded. And we are still here because we belong to Jesus. We don't just follow. We don't just study. We don't just imitate. We belong. Do we belong to Jesus? Pastor says, Pastor, that's my 2024 resolution. I want to belong to Jesus. Why don't you come? I want you to come. Pastor online saying, that's my 2024 resolution. Get up off the couch and get into the secular realm. Get equipped and get out and share the gospel. That's what it's all about. Disciples share. Disciples do that. They don't just gather and talk, they do that. I'm going to close in that word of prayer. No invitation to come. He spoke to me about the old things that would be willing to come. Are you willing to come? Your heart, pastor, get your relationship with him tonight. Whatever the case may be, let's pray together. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. Oh, how we thank you for your word. Your word is indeed quick and sharp. And it cuts down into our hearts, Lord, and it is indeed a discerner of our hearts, Lord, our thoughts, So I pray right now, Lord, you would cut deep into our hearts. Down into the bones, through the marrow, Lord, and discern our thoughts and steps right now. Give me a Lord God, who's live unto Christ. Intending, Lord God, to walk away from you. Or intending to never truly be with you as you want to Or perhaps, Lord, there is one that falling short of what you all have. Sin is knocking on the door and they don't. Man's old. Our holy Lord, tonight we just put ourselves beneath it. Come forward and receive your forgiveness. Come forward and grow, Lord, and strengthen for the next time it's going to come. And you'll say, no, I'm a disciple. Not only am I a disciple, I belong to you. I'm asking you to take charge. I'm asking you to glorify me. This is Jesus' name that we pray. Would you come? Even now, Lord, so that's who it is.